Welcome back to Let's Get Creepy. I'm your host, Lucian. Um, it's nice to see you again, guys. It's been a year, I think, a year since I've posted anything new, but I've had a lot going on with my physical health, health and my mental health. And now that I'm finally back on track and doing good, I figured, hey, it's time to start being creepy again. So today I have two stories. One about a prankster ghost that haunts a family and another one about a school group that is chased down by cryptids. So it should be a fun and interesting episode you guys. And so yeah yeah I'm gonna get started. Here's a story of our haunting. So my family has been experiencing some very strange but small things as of late. It all started with electronics being turned on randomly, specifically with switches, so lights and toys, but especially the radio in the kitchen, which we always have on. Everyone knows not to turn it off, so when it started happening, it was quite confusing. Next was my sister's and my mom's walking apps and monitor. My sister would wake up to a notification saying that she had walked between 2,000 plus steps between the hours of 2 through 5 a.m. and the location set to just our house. She isn't a sleepwalker either, so it was quite confusing, but at the same time, things started happening to my mom's step counter gadget thing. She'd wake up and it would have a few thousand steps on it despite resetting it the night before. Unfortunately, one morning my sister woke to find a crack on her phone screen and a notification from her walking app saying she didn't do that many steps this time. She sleeps on the floor so dropping her phone in her sleep was out of the question but we laughed a little saying the ghost had gone for another walk around the house and dropped it at some point and cut its fun short out of guilt. I felt bad for it actually as it probably didn't mean to drop it. Well, the ghost has also gotten a little more dexterous and is unplugging things now. Yet again, first was the radio in the kitchen, then extension cords and chargers. These things are hard to reach. These things are in hard to reach places with heavy furniture in front of them. So it's very obvious that it wasn't the kids and just today my dad's computer was completely detached from all power sources. Now, all of us in my family know not to mess with dad's computer, so it was obvious who had done it. And we had a bit of a giggle. We don't know why it's happening, but it's a harmless ghost so far. My mom is Christian and has made it very clear that it isn't welcome if it's tries anything harmful and she prays a lot so hopefully that's keeping other not so nice things at bay. We've all speculated that it's a ghost in training testing out its strengths and what it can do and what it can't do. It's kind of cute when you think of it that way but I hope it does well and goes on to do some great scaring one day. 
content was sweet. I really liked it. Um, yeah. Hopefully, um, it never gets mad at you guys. <laughs> um, and I wish you guys the best of luck with your ghost. And it seems just to have some harmless fun. This is the story of how me and my entire school group were chased down by cryptids. This happened around 2017 and I still can't go camping because of these events. I've only told my twin about this and my mom still pushes me to go camping th to this day. I'm 17 now, but this happened years ago when I was 13 or 14 and I still can't get pieced. <laughs> still can't piece together everything that happened that whole week. This story will be long, so please bear with me. When I was in middle school, we had this thing called Wilderness Survival. It was a program where two or three teachers would take these kids every Friday out by the school to learn how to survive in the wild. It wasn't just starting fires, which was my favorite part, but it was also learning how to find food and shelter when not supplied and doomsday style survivalist stuff. That year, we would go to the Washington State Olympic National Park. Before we went, we had to take a written test on why we would be good for the class and what survival skills we had already. Yes, I just messed up survival skills. Ugh. Lots of kids were turned down and I was just lucky that I was picked. For the next three and a half months, I went to the field with the kids in the class, with some of which who were experienced, including the teacher, and learned more survival skills. Granted, I thought it would be fun at first, foraging and surviving off the food that we were going to have. It sounded like just one long camping trip. That was until we started leaving. We were getting packed in the teacher's car and van when we noticed, well, one of the students pointed out that we were missing the big tarps, tarps, big tarps. We weren't going to use tents because the teachers wanted us to feel like we were actually surviving, but now all we had were small tarps and a single tent for the teacher. We searched the whole school up and down every single classroom and none of the tarps were there. We looked for a whole hour before we gave up. We didn't think the weather would be that bad. It was. We left almost immediately and we all got a notification for a storm that happens every 10 years and rages throughout three states. The teachers still pressed that we should go and that we could handle it, but I was getting a gut feeling that something bad was gonna happen. Throughout the entire trip, there was field Bleh. Uh, throughout the en the entire trip there was filled with inconvenience after inconvenience. Once we got to the site, it was like the gods decided just to dump the entire ocean on us. The site was flooded, and we were all getting cold, but the teachers wanted us to get ready and set up camp in the rain. When it started getting darker, we left for a hotel and stayed there for the night. 
When we got back to the campsite, it was trashed. Not in the, oh, the storm threw shit around trashed, but more like the, something was definitely here trashed. The teachers still set up camp, and we did too. We all had tarp tent things, and I was paired up with a guy my age named Gray. This isn't his name, but it's what he went by at the time. Gray was chill, and we set up a tarp tent and used ferns for extra padding for while we slept. All in all, it was fun for the first day, and the day just before just felt like a bad dream. I say that now because the real nightmare was starting. When it got dark, we were all sitting by the fire when we heard a scream. It sounded like it was from beyond the river that was nearby, and like one of the upperclassmen had done it, but we were all there. The teachers told us to stay put, and they went to check it out real quick. We stayed there for a good 30 seconds when they came back saying it was nothing and that we should get in our tents, so we did. Me and Gray got in our tent and sleeping bags. Gray fell asleep after an hour, but for some reason I was wide awake and felt watched. It wasn't until I started falling asleep that I saw it. A silhouette of a tall figure appeared in the tree line, and I could tell it wasn't human. It had long legs that at the bottom were furry and almost deer-like. The midsection was a rib cage with no flesh or organs, but its head stood out the most. I still get shaky thinking about it. It was the skull of a deer with the biggest horns I've ever seen, and its teeth weren't normal deer teeth. They were sharp, like a carnivore's teeth. If you couldn't tell, it's a wendigo. I was so scared and frozen that I couldn't move or look away. My heart was racing. I was so sure it could hear me. But when, it, when I blinked, it was gone. I couldn't sleep for the rest of the night. When everyone got up in the morning, it was clear that I didn't sleep. And when asked why I by gray, I just said it was because of the rain. The whole day, we went looking for firewood and foraging for dry wood. Wood. I went alone to a spot where a tree had just fallen and the teachers could still hear me, so I wasn't in any danger. I mean, I thought I was safe. I was down on my hands and knees when I saw something strange. I saw a deer about 20 feet away, but it was off looking. Okay, I'm going to stop right here and say, honey, that was a not deer. We don't play with not deer, okay? This deer looked like a normal deer, okay? Not creepy, like, and facing away from me, like full back towards me. I went back up and started to leave and stepped on a twig. Classic horror movie twig snap. The deer finally turns its hair to look at me. Not its body, its entire fucking head, like an owl. Well, I was scared to shit and fully booked it back to camp with no wood and no fucks left to give. The teachers asked me why, and I said I thought they called my name. Once again, it was night, and we all went to sleep. Well, not all of us. I was still up again, but this time, Gray felt something off, too. It was about two hours of us laying down, facing each other, quietly talking, when Gray suddenly shushed me and told me to be quiet. He sounded scared, like something was behind me. I did indeed shut up, and then the smell hit. Holy shit, the smell. I don't have a sensitive sense of smell, but this thing stank. 
capital S-T-A-N-K, like rotting meat, eggs, and shit stank. I almost threw up at the smell, but I didn't, because now I was scared of the silhouette of the figure moving around to Gray's side of the tent. The thing looked like a wendigo, but smaller, and it was right at our tent. I stopped breathing for a minute, and so did Gray, and we tried to stay as quiet as we could. It was the longest mimic, 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 what's a mimic, guys? Minute of my entire life as it sniffed and poked our tent, trying to get us to scream or something. I think it got bored of us because it had left after the minute was up and I breathed in the glorious fresh air. Gray did too, but we hushed up thinking it was still out there. I eventually passed out, and when I woke, it was noonish. A teacher scolded me for sleeping in, but I was exhausted and hungry, not really caring if I was getting scolded. The third day went on, and the teachers got wise, and by nightfall, we were packing and out of there. But even that proved to almost be a fatal trip. The campsite was deep in the woods, and we had gone through dirt roads, fallen trees, and dead ends to get there. So on the way up, it wasn't surprising that we had a few trees to get out of our way. We booked a hotel and slept there for the night. Apparently, because we didn't go camping enough, we went that day to the ape caves and the campsite near that. We were going to sleep that night there and travel through the caves in the morning. If any of you have been there, you'll know that there was a short cave trip that an hour and a half long and a three-hour trip through the caves where the caves take you up towards the slope of the mountain and you hike back down towards the entrance. We went the three-hour trip and it consisted of narrow and almost impassable spots when we almost had to turn around. Me and this guy, who we'll call M, were back... Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. We were back... It... Goodness gracious. We were back... We were back by the end of the group. And we both felt eyes on the backs of our heads. M said we needed to step up our pace. And we did. But the eyes followed us until we were out of the caves. And the falling... The falling... The feeling disappeared. After the caves, I don't remember much. Just getting home and having nightmares for the next few months. There's plenty more, but I feel like you're wet. I am almost ready to give up because my brain and eyes don't want to cooperate. There's plenty more, but I feel like I'm wasting your time. I still have nightmares and PTSD from that week, and I possibly need therapy for this, but who would I tell? It's not like anyone would believe me. This story is from Todd D.D. Dale. And it takes place close to home for me. I love cryptids. And this one, well, let's just say I'm a believer. A humanoid creature in Lower Alabama. I've recently tried to discuss this with my boyfriend, but I don't feel any relief about what happened to me in high school. He tries to explain it away as a group hallucination or someone pulling a prank on my friends and I, but I know deep down... What happened was unfortunately real, and it still gives me great anxiety to think of it. 
The story took place in Lower Alabama when I was in high school almost eight years ago, but I still remember every detail like it happened moments ago. Three friends and I were making the trip to our other friend's house, way out in the boondocks, probably 30 minutes outside of any nearby city or town. There's only one road that takes you to his house, and it's just a long strip of old concrete that's in dire need of repair. But considering only a handful of people live out there, why would the state waste their time or money? On both sides of the road, it's just dense forest that creeps to the edge of the road sometimes. There's hardly anywhere to pull off. And absolutely no streetlights. We were in my friend's bread new red Mustang that he got for his birthday, and he was proud to drive us all around whenever we wanted to go somewhere. It was him, we'll call him Jamie, driving, my friend, we'll call him Dave, in the passenger seat, and myself and my other friend, we'll call her Mary, crammed in the back seat amongst his giant sound system, no seat belts, just half standing, half sitting on the floorboards. It was very uncomfortable, and the rattling of the music shook my entire body, but I was just happy that one of us had a vehicle to take us to our buddy's house. We turned onto the long strip of road that would take us there, and were very disappointed that there was another car not too far ahead of us, which meant Jamie couldn't show off how fast his new car would go. Although there's no crazy turns or curves in the road, it's a solid white line the whole way because of the endless hills making it impossible to pass anyone. We accepted that we would have to go the speed limit and Jamie finally turned the music down so he could talk shit about the tiny red Toyota that we'd been staring at the back of for about a half an hour. It's about 9pm. There was no moon visible through the dense clouds, so it was pitch black besides our headlights and the car in front of us with its own headlights, which were their brights because I'm sure they were aware there were tons of deer that live out there. No other vehicles came from the other direction and no one was behind us. We drove for about 10 minutes, cutting up and hardly paying attention to the road since we knew where we were going. Suddenly the car in front of us slams on brakes, skidding their tires, stopping in the middle of the road. Jamie wasn't followed too closely so we didn't have to do the same, but we came to a slow stop maybe 15 feet behind them. There was a brief pause before we heard a woman's blood-curdling scream coming from the Toyota. We had the windows down because some of us had been smoking cigarettes, and that's when we saw it. We had stopped on a declining hill so we could see in front of the Toyota, and what we saw I will never be able to forget. It was some type of humanoid-looking creature standing on all fours, but the arch of its back was taller than the little Toyota. The only thing that made it humanoid was its hairless skin, but it was very pale, almost gray, very wrinkly, and its limbs were impossibly long. Its forearm was longer than any human's entire arm. The legs, fingers, arms, neck, and everything looked like stretched out taffy, and we could see all of its bones through its skin, especially the back bones which were almost spike-like because they jutted out so much. It wasn't facing us, just stopped in the middle of the stopped mid-stride in the middle of the road. 
facing the right side of the forest. It had backwards-facing knees like bird's legs. No tail, but it still had the posture of some kind of animal. I hope to God it was an animal, but there's no animal in Alabama that would be taller than a car on all fours. And like I said, it had human-like skin. Hands, feet, and its head was like a human skull. No one in our car said a word, and Jamie instinctively hit the lock buttons for all the doors. Through our windows, though our windows were still down and the woman in the Toyota was still screaming bloody murder. For a moment, I remember telling myself it was just some kind of fucked up prank or a weird art sculpture or something because it wasn't moving at all. But then those thoughts quickly dissipated when the thing cocked its head in our direction. Its face was just as terrible as the rest of its body. Pale, wrinkly, and just an indention for a nose. Tiny black holes for eyes, no ears, and an impossibly large red-stained mouth that formed into a wicked smile, showing its multiple rows of pointed teeth. The woman's scream grew terribly louder at that moment, and the, same, and the thing seemed to finally be almost startled by it. It turned its head back towards the forest, taking only about two giant, fluid, animal-like steps, and then disappearing into the woods on our right without any sound. As soon as it was out of sight, Jamie crept the Mustang forward, around the steel-stopped Toyota, and we saw a man and woman frantically arguing and crying in the front seats. When we got in front of them, the man put the Toyota in reverse and goes a bit off-road to turn around and floors it in the direction that we came from. Apparently, where they were headed wasn't important enough. I almost thought that we should do the same, but I couldn't get myself to make a sound, let alone a word or sentence. Jamie went on about five miles over the speed limit as he rolled the windows up and no one said a word for the rest of the 20-minute drive. When we finally got to our friend's house, he was waiting outside for us, waving as we pulled in the little dirt driveway. All four of us scrambled out, pushing past him to get inside the house. I remember him saying something like, Whoa, looks like you guys saw a ghost or something. Dave turns to him with the most serious face and said, Or something, yeah. We got inside and part of me was still thinking that it was some sort of hallucination even though we hadn't drank or smoked that day at all. So, being the artist of the group, I asked our friends for paper and pencils. Without question, he retrieved them and while sitting in his living room, I suggested that we all try to draw exactly what we saw before we tried to discuss anything. Sure enough, each of us drew the exact same creature and showed it to our friend before explaining the full story. He was horrified and took the drawings out back to the small fire pit and set them ablaze. None of us protested because we never wanted a visual of that thing again. He asked us things like, had we been drugged or were we pulling a fast one on him? But considering that there were two other people that had seen the same thing and most of us were to the point of tears, he knew we weren't lying. He led us back inside, locked the doors and windows, and put on a movie to distract us. But we kept bringing it up and trying to make sense of it and hardly got any sleep. Jamie took us all home the next day, and we saw the Toyota's black skid marks in the road where it happened, confirming that it wasn't an elaborate shared dream. And before we dropped off Mary, she told us she didn't want to hang out with us anymore because simply being around us would remind her of it. 
We just sort of nodded, and honestly, I haven't spoken to her since. I rarely speak to the other two friends anymore, for reasons, but a few times I've tried to bring it up to them, and they refuse to want to talk about it. I know they know it happened. It's just too painful for them to discuss, which is understandable. I hate talking about this day and have only told two of my closest friends and my now boyfriend who's very opposed to any supernatural things so you can understand why I didn't get any relief by talking to him about it. I never really believed in these sorts of things either before that incident but it's definitely changed my perspective a bit. Please let me know if any of you have seen something similar. I've tried researching it and people keep saying it's a skinwalker, a rake, or wendigo but the descriptions never fully match up. I guess I'd like to put a name to whatever that terrible thing that prowls lower Alabama woods was. TLDR, three friends and I saw a giant humanoid creature on an Alabama back road that scarred us for life. I'd like to know if this thing has a name, so please read its description in paragraph three. If you think you can help. I tried posting in Let's Not Meet, but I'm not sure if it'll get past the mods there. Okay, so I live in South Mississippi. And, well, there's some creepy shit that goes on in the woods around here. And so I am very, 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 very inclined to believe this story just because of stuff that I have personally seen myself and maybe one day I'll write those down and tell them to you but sometimes it's just too scary um I commend Todd L for being brave enough to even write about it so thank you very much for letting me share this with my listeners alright this is my last story for the day so once again I'm happy so happy to be back recording and getting episodes out for you guys hopefully now the quality will be so much better and I can't wait to see you guys again so don't forget Always be creepy, friends. Oh, oh, and um, kind of as an ending note, happy Friday the 13th, guys. I hope you have a good one.